Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome one and all, weaves and casuals alike. We are Baka and Company, and we're here to provide you with a deep dive into all your favorite anime shows and movies. We'll talk about both new and old anime and everything in between. If you have suggestions, please send them our way by tweeting at us at Bakako Podcast or sending us an email through bakakopodcast at gmail.com. We also want to give a huge shout out to Akano on SoundCloud for our intro. This week, we're going to be talking about Mushoko Tensei, Jobless Reincarnation. And on this episode, we have myself, Drutendo64, and Element. Yo. And uh, just a little synopsis, if anyone is unsure of what this show is and you're listening without watching, I don't know why you would go chaotic evil and do that, but uh, (laughs) it's an isekai, as everyone knows and loves. It's a little different in the fact that the main character isn't overpowered immediately upon showing up, and I, I really enjoyed that. It was had some of those uh, Tanya elements to that, where they kind of had to learn, which is cool. Um, the show itself is adapted from a web novel, light novel, and that was done through illustrations over on Pixiv. And who else does it say here? Media Factory did the books. It was in Monthly Comic Flapper. I have never heard of them before. And uh, the cool thing is the animation studio uh, that did it was Studio Bind. Yes. And they are new to me as well because I have never seen or heard of them. And I believe this is what you were saying last time element was they were specifically built for this exactly and that was it so yeah 
to start off with, this series is considered like the granddaddy of isekai. Like, you know, the authors of like ReZero and stuff like that and other isekai as well, you know, point to this series as the ones that inspired them. So this is sort of like what started the whole idea of the isekai genre. Um, the reason why it's never been adapted is because the author was very particular about it. And he said he didn't want to get some sort of like half-assed adaptation because he'd adaptation because he'd seen that like happen, um, you know, to a, a lot of other series. Um, so he's always denied any requests to have his series adapted until finally uh, recently. Um, I I'm not sure who approached him, but there was some sort of deal made where they basically said we want to adapt your series and we want to do it right. So we're going to build an anime studio called Studio Bind, and they're going to be full of like like very talented people and industry veterans and literally all this studio is going to do is adapt your series and that is exactly what they did and if you look up studio bind you will see the only two credits under their name are mushoku tensei season one and season two or i guess part one and part two of season one if that's how you want to consider it um yeah I'm so just this looking. is like go ahead <laughs> so I, I was just gonna say this is like you know literal royalty treatment like when have you ever heard of a studio being built to adapt a series like specifically like this i haven't and this is so cool to me that this was an option because a lot of the times you hear show a is going to going to be done by like kodansha or kodakawa or even trigger and i'm not throwing shade at any of those names it's just every once in a while fans will be like are you serious why didn't they do x why didn't they do y or in the unfortunate uh, second season there of Promised Neverland, right? So hearing that they kind of gave a full control to this single studio to create this show, it's amazing. It's, it's so cool that it, it can happen. Yep. I just, I just don't know anywhere else where this has ever been done i like off the top of my head like I'm yeah i i don't know any other i mean maybe you could say like maybe there's examples of like movies or something like that where they put the okay. studio together to make a movie i mean i couldn't give you any examples um but i'm you know offhanded guess maybe there's been a situation that's similar like that that makes sense though because a movie is probably like a longer production so if you put together a studio just for a movie and then you you know end it after the movie you know, not necessarily. It's not an ongoing adaptation thing, right? They're just there to make the one project, essentially. I could see that being a case. But, I mean, we've had, you know, plenty of... There have been plenty of, like, you know, defining ad adaptations of series. Like, you know, Attack on Titan is an amazing adaptation of the 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 books, you know. And it's all done by... um. What's the name of the studio? I can't remember. Studio Ig, was it? Production yep. IG? Um. Is that the current or the, the old? Oh, I think they're yeah. the previous one. Yeah. So, and those that's the, that's an amazing adaptation. But they they are not they weren't built to adapt Ad Attack on Titan. They've they've done plenty of series before. It's just the Attack on Titan series got a lot of love and care, um, and funding as well. So that's like that's sort of like what you'd expect from like an excellent adaptation. You know, One Punch Man is another great example. That's done by Madhouse, right? But Madhouse do other series. It's just that One Punch Man got a lot of love and care, and it got a brilliant adaptation for season one, at least. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is like, this is like 
the first time I've ever heard of this happening where they built the studio just for a series. And, you know, that's that speaks to, like, the sort of um, the reputation, I guess, or the history this series has, right? Um, which is super interesting. And, I mean, it immediately shows, you know, the moment you start the first episode, like, this series from start to, I mean, we're currently watching part two, season two, or part two of season one, I guess. I'll just call yeah, it part two for now. Yeah, it's airing. Yeah. Yeah. So part one was 12 episodes and part two, I'm assuming will be another 12 episodes, um, but that's currently airing. Um, but from start to finish, the show has never once dropped quality. Um, the, I mean, the standout uh, things are stuff like the sort of water and magic effects um, yeah. are amazing to look at. The background and environment art is unbelievable um, in quality. Like we're talking like movie level quality. Um Part two especially has this trend. I think part one did this sometimes as well, but during the OP, they don't have like a set OP that they're, they're animating to at the moment. They literally, like so far every episode has sort of been in a different location. So they spend the OP just panning over beautiful shots of the, the town they're in and people going about their daily lives to introduce the, the sort of location of the episode. And that's like such an extra amount of effort, you know, to go through that you would just never get in a lot of series you know granted some will get that sort of treatment um but it's very rare so yeah seeing that in this show has been such a treat it's it's been so much fun to watch just for the visuals alone it's one of the shows that i wish i had known about earlier because i think i want to say within the first 10 minutes of the first episode i was in and for me if you've been listening to us long enough I'm very fickle with what I get invested in and because I have limited time. So I I don't want to go three plus episodes into something I'm not going to pick up, but just looking at the visuals, like, like elements been saying, this show hooked me and the, the premise of having an isekai character have to figure stuff out was so refreshing and fun. And, with the main story element of him living in the in this new world that's great but when we start getting like little breadcrumbs onto what happened to him before and what led him to being thrown into the isekai by by what is it truckson or what are people calling the trucks now uh i guess it would be truck truckun yeah yes. truckun truckun so like spoiler alert truckun makes his appearance and and sends our hero to the to the new realm but <laughs> He, his backstory is so tragic and so depressing and you you start getting this level of i wouldn't say hate but it's like disdain for his character before he comes over to the new world and you're just kind of watching him he and he admits it too he's like i wasted my life i played video games i watched stuff that is 18 plus and i just for lack of a better term, he says he cranks it. And you're like, that's disgusting. Like, this is this guy's literal life, and he hates himself for it. And he bangs on the wall to get his mom to cook dinner. And at some point, unfortunately, spoiler, she passed away. And he didn't know. Or didn't care. Enough. Yeah, he didn't care, and he didn't show up to the funeral either. Yeah, and so what I assume are his uncles show up, beat the shit out of him, kick him out of the house. And then uh, Truck Coon's like, yo, what's up, bud? Um, 
but having that tragic of a backstory and even seeing him progress as uh Rudy what's the what's his full name uh Rudius Rudius which is really fun I I love when people put the eus on stuff just <laughs> randomly on on old names uh but Rudius kind of just shows up he's like I've been born I'm a creepy otaku and he fi- figures out that he's a child figures out that he's going to be in a loving embrace for the first two or three years of his life and he gets really excited about that but seeing him course correct himself because we have like what he's, he says he's like 35 or something yeah something 30, like that yeah so he's a 30 exactly. year yeah he's a 30 year old man in the in the body of a newborn and as he gets older like he does have like the inappropriate standard protagonist thoughts but it's a 30 year old man trying to do inappropriate things to people of certain ages mm-hmm. and seeing him get that little bit of this isn't right I shouldn't do this. I can't do this. And even to the point of where like he kind of like gets up and apologizes in one of the situations like I I don't have a list of anime that I can quote where you have character growth and to a point where the person is trying to be better. Like a lot of the time it's the protagonist is has to achieve a goal and he keeps doing it and getting better, getting more powerful. I guess Tokyo Revengers. Tokyo Revengers is a good one to pull. Like the characters are trying to change and be better. So, but it was so cool to see that. uh, Yeah, uh, I think there's there's you know series you can point to where characters sort of grow over time. I mean, ReZero is a great example of this, right? Yeah, that's true too. um, Rather than being like a a bad person, Subaru is just like very naive and thinks he's the the hero, and he gets like a very rude awakening because of that, but. Over time, he sort of develops, I think, and becomes more self-aware, um, which is, you know, great. And that's that sort of stuff is always, you know, engaging and compelling to watch rather than, like, a character that goes in is, like, a goody-two-shoes or very bland and doesn't really change over the course of the show, you know, just because they're there to fulfill some sort of fantasy. I mean, there's, there's you know, maybe there's place for that sort of show as well, and that's, like, the sort of guilty pleasure that you might watch. But um, I think it's gotten to the point where I've come to expect less of anime sometimes um, <laughs> that I'm surprised when we're giving complex characters that develop over time. Um, a lot of the time I'm just expecting like, it's not always bad, but um, pretty, pretty standard characters. Um, so I think the thing that was most compelling about this show was that a lot of the characters you meet are not good people. Um, and even though they're maybe not good people, they're not evil, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're His just <laughs> they're just yeah, they're just people. Um and just like in real life, people can the people you know can be good to you and you can love them, but to other people they could be the worst and maybe you wouldn't know that or something. You know, there's people have like different parts of themselves. And I think this show does a great job of showing you or at least giving you the opportunity to piece together um, how maybe the characters you're seeing and interpreting as positive could be seen as terrible to someone else. Um, And I think that's what's so impressive about this show, because like I said, I've been watching anime for a while now, and I've slowly been worn down to come to expect the less less of it sometimes. 
Um, so I'm always I'm always happy to watch a show where the characters get room to be bad and good, or just yep. bad, but also have reasoning for being bad and have the opportunity to grow most of all. And that's exactly what this show um, has its strength in. Um, you know, we're we're at the point in in season two now where you know Ru- uh, Rudy's sort of. Uh, when he gets his new eye um, and he fights Eris and, you know, Handley beats her, then she gets super pissy and goes back home and he's like, you know, why is she angry? But he actually takes the moment to think about why she might be angry about it and realizes what he's done wrong and thinks about how he's going to make it up to her, which is something that he wouldn't have done, you know, back in episode one. But he's had this opportunity to sort of grow and his friend, uh, What's the name of the the elf that he thought was a boy was but was a girl? I can't remember. Oh, uh, Sylphie? Sylphie. I thought it was Sylphie. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, that that's that's sort of that growth he got from Sylphie, right? The the idea that like he did something wrong and he didn't realise what he did wrong and he didn't yeah. want to see it, but then he learned to apologize. That that sort of stuff is like you know, it's great keeping track of that sort of growth. Um so that's that's what's most impressive. I will say it can be rough though <clears throat> when uh, especially in the earlier parts of season one um, there's a lot of like really sexual assaulty shit going on. Um, yeah, like I wasn't expecting them to lean that hard. Like, so we're treated to a fantasy world, right? That's great, and you 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 have the stereotypical MMO layout. There's a fighter, there's a cleric, but like his parents go at it, and the show yeah. is just like, yeah, it's happening. Yeah, this. I mean, I found it really refreshing. I think anime tends to. Ex- shy away to the extreme on anything you know romantic like to the point where hand holding is like hand holding is very uh it's like taboo almost it's like super ridiculous and then the opposite is like just super hardcore anime it's just like you know porn basically or like etchy stuff where it's like this weird middle ground where they get very close to being porn but not quite this show treats sex as like actual sex like you would see in in a live action tv show where people would have sex in a sex scene, and then it's like, that's just part of the show, right? It's not like treated as some big joke or something, or like a weird thing that people were embarrassed about. It's yeah. just something that happens. Um, and I think that's that's something I I feel like I can't say I've seen in a long time in anime. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think there is definitely uncomfortable parts as well, like Brutius, you know, being this 35-year-old dude in a kid's body and being super inappropriate with people of all different ages um and yeah i say inappropriate to sugarcoat it it's like straight up sexual assault but obviously in the world of this show one he's like sort of from a well-known family or he's like staying with his uh the sort of royal family so people can't say anything about it right um or it's like it's medieval times and it's sort of expected that uh, i guess the age of consent thing wasn't a thing back in whatever fictional time this was yeah. So it's all just like it's very uncomfortable to watch. Um but you sort of hope you know knowing the rest of the show that um it's all just used for character growth and eventually he realizes that it's pretty fucked up what he's doing and he stops doing it. Yeah, um, like he even, he stops himself like during what he's doing is inappropriate. Yeah, uh, even though he continues to be like a big horn dog, uh, he yeah. at least doesn't doesn't outwardly uh, assault people about it, which is you know character growth, right? 
But I, I totally see people that, I mean, when those episodes were airing in season one, there was like a big sort of uh, discussion about it. And I think, you know, fair enough, some people couldn't couldn't deal with it and they decided to stop watching the show, which, you know, I think makes total sense. But uh, if you do um, continue watching, I think you'll sort of, uh, I guess it's, it's explored, I guess, right? The development. Yeah. Yeah, and like I'm I'm notoriously bad for using my anime list as a place to read what people are thinking about it and like there are obviously some overwhelmingly negative reviews. And I'm not going to use the the trope of, "Oh, you're a person of culture as well." Like if if something in the show offends you and you can't continue watching it, I'm I'm 100% fine. But it's the people who are like, I watched all like 12 episodes and like the show never got better. It's like, well, why did you put yourself through it? If you aren't having a fun time, why are you continuing? And that's the opposite side of the coin with me is like, I understand there are those points in the episode, but th those aren't making the series like at no point in time does he go out there saying like, I am going to be this person. Like he makes the comments of like, yeah, like no, no waifu, no waifu, things like that. And he makes like dumb otaku comments that people in this fictional world are like, what are you saying? He's like, oh, sorry, it's, it's a regional thing. And, but he changes, like he goes out of his way to help his, like Eris is his cousin, right? Uh, yes, I believe so. Okay. So he goes out of his way to like help his cousin, make sure everything goes great for her. When he his ultimate goal was to make money go to university. He makes sure, like, that he keeps his correspondence going with Roxy. Again, like, he's go, trying to go to college to impress her, but also in the same thing, bring his childhood girlfriend now, I guess, with him. But he wants, yeah. like, he, he believes Self will have, or Selfie will have, like, a better life if she goes this way he's not doing it because he's like yeah like when she's indebted to me she'll never be able to get away like that's the implication sunny in philadelphia reference mm -hmm. um but he brings those kind of comments up at the beginning and you can clearly see the train of thought going okay well maybe this isn't right yeah and i think a... go ahead uh, i think they do a good job of sort of I think I think a lot of um not a lot it's it's a common trope in isekai that the main character is just sort of like a self-insert sort of vanilla dude and he's like not bad he's just like a decent guy right and he mm -hmm. gets isekai to another world and he's just surrounded by all these girls because he's just like baseline level nice to them randomly and so they fall in love with him and he's just going about his normal thing not doing anything in particular special but he has a superpower so that makes him like the hero um and that's like very like fantasy wish fulfillment and that's very popular for a reason right um yeah and the other the other side of the coin is a show like this where it's like almost a cautionary tale of like this guy's mindset at the age of 35 you know was so broken and uh you know out of whack that when he gets a second chance in another world he can't pull himself away from how he used to think and that sort of informs all these terrible decisions he makes going forward and he has to slowly unlearn those sort of habits or those thought processes from when he was uh you know in the real world essentially um 
and you sort of see that progression over time. So, you know, these ideas that like, um, you know, his, his entitlement towards women or whatever, or his, his constant like horniness or whatever, it's all stuff that's like carried over from his previous life. And he's slowly trying to like learn how to rein that in and, you know, become better essentially over the course of the show, growing up both physically and mentally, even though he's a 35 year old dude, he has to like redo growing up, which is yeah. you know super cool to watch. Well, and we also like, we learned that he didn't have the best, like he wasn't just a shut in to be a shut in, but like he was, he was sexually harassed in high school and right. Yeah. Like, it comes from like trauma, right? They, this, this sort yeah. of explain and that so, backstory. Yeah, he kind of says, like, he's never been good with talking with people. So, like, when, when stuff goes wrong early on and he doesn't understand, like, conversations or situations, like, he's got to think back, well, I'm not a 30-year-old anymore. Like, I am a kid. I'm still learning. And he he takes the opportunity to learn and grow. And then on the other side of the coin, he even, like, puts character growth on his own dad. When he gets in trouble um, with Selfie, because uh, he, he beat up the other kid to protect Selfie, and like his dad's like, "No, you don't go around like using your power to like put people in their places. That's not how it happens." And like his dad's like, "I'm not going to hear any of it," and he just turns it around on him. He's like, "Well, do you want to hear my side of the story? Because I was protecting someone. I was making sure someone else didn't get hurt because I saw someone else abusing their power." And his dad's like, "Well." Yeah, it's a, it's sort of a great example of it's easy to see what other people are doing wrong, but it's very difficult to see what you're doing wrong. Uh, and it's awesome. Yeah. Also, it's, you know, great scene, like quite funny as well, but, mm-hmm. um, you well, know. Yeah, because he's also got the 30-year-old brain in him. <laughs> yeah. So he has he has the the balls to put it together and, and kind of tell him how it yeah. is. Um, yeah, I think, I think the show's, you know, full of that sort of thing. Um, and it's just been such a pleasure to watch. Uh, so are you fully caught up with the show now? Absolutely not. <laughs> so you've watched part one, right? Yeah, I've watched part one and I started the 12th episode, which is okay. according to Funimation, episode one to 11 are season one and season 12 is where the like simula cast starts. And there's no, the, there's no more dubs. Because I'm a terrible oh. human being, and I've been watching dubs. You are a terrible human being. That's awful, bro. However, um. <laughs> however, in my defense, the person who is doing Rudius's voice as like old bro Rudius is this guy Ben Phillips, and any time he has like an internal monologue against Paul, he just says like flipping Paul. God damn it, Paul. And whenever you go on like any thread about the dub, that's all people are quoting all the time. So I really enjoy <laughs> like how this person literally sounds like he's a defeated 30 year old man. And well, it was fun. But I started so, watching I started watching the semi-cast in the subs, so Okay. But it, were you saying it's a it's a good dub? Surprisingly, yes. Like there's no there's no filler flat like in their mouths. There's no just bullshit um like I'm gonna say god damn it three times to fill this like three <laughs> seconds of my mouth mm-hmm. opening. There's no weirdness in like jokes not being translated well. There's no 
I find what they they really did well uh, was use uh, anytime you don't see a character's mouth talking, but they are speaking. They are using word for word the script from the subs. Oh, I see. And and it's it's everything's held really well together, and it was held together enough that if I was answering emails or doing something while this was playing, I was still engaged because I caught myself a couple of times saying whoa and i'd have to rewind it just to be make sure like the impact of that scene was like mm. was what like i was picking up on and just the fact like that rudius goes from being like kind of whiny kind of lame to like being like i know how this works like magic is awesome and blows a hole in the side of his house <laughs> like that whole scene and his mom losing her mind that he knows magic at like age four or something three I don't know. Oh, and like, there's a bunch of like, um, examples of this in the show where Rudius sort of like his internal monologue processes situation. And it's exactly how you are processing it as a watcher. Like, yeah. When that example you gave of him blowing the hole in the side of the house and he freaks out thinking, what if in this world magic is a bad thing and I'm going to get burned at the stake. And that's exactly what I was thinking. Like, we just sort of take it for granted in these sort of shows and that sort of world that like, oh, sweet, I've got a superpower. That means I'm awesome. And like, we don't ever think like, yeah, but in this world is magic like some, secretly a taboo thing. And that's why his mum's freaking out. Because I totally had that thought for a brief moment. But I'm like, yeah, but this is like an anime. Like, who cares? But then he has the exact same thought. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm quite impressed. But that was like written in like that. And that happens like, you know, throughout the show where he... uh he encounters some sort of situation and in my head I'm thinking like yeah but wouldn't this happen and then he thinks yeah but wouldn't this happen I'm like oh so I'm like quite surprised constantly by the writing I think um and just in general I think the show never never really leans on um manufactured drama in any case um anytime something happens that uh there could be like a misunderstanding or something like that the mm -hmm. characters are pretty quick to talk it out and resolve it um so yeah, all that sort of stuff. I'm like, I'm just thoroughly impressed by this. This show really hasn't had an, a moment of me going ugh, like and rolling my eyes. Like it hasn't had any of that the whole well, runtime. I think. Even the like, we get treated to the trope of hey, it's gonna be a beach episode, and Broody <laughs> even like makes that comment. He's like, oh yeah, and he's getting all like horn dog for it. And regards just like, no, there's monsters in here, man. You can't, you can't be swimming. <laughs> Yeah, and this is like a funny comedy scene. Um, but like, you know, it totally makes sense that they would want to go to the beach, right? Because then she'd never seen the ocean before. Um, so, yeah, just all that sort of stuff. You know, I'm constantly impressed by that and that sort of writing. And like, yeah. li little things like, um, you know, this is pretty like standard fare for fantasy and stuff like that. And sci-fi as well, but the idea that when you're building a world, you don't have to explain every part of it. You can just sort of show things in the background of scenes and, you know, your audience can put two and two together to sort of make a sort of educated guess as to what that, how that sort of thing works, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, stuff like that. Stuff like that's great. Like there's a, I don't think you've watched this episode yet, but there's sort of a, you know, a bad thing that happens um, in the second. And I think Maybe it's the third and fourth episode. Um, and you sort of realize that this ties back into stuff in season one that you didn't realize. Oh. Like you might have you might have had a brief sort of thought like, 
where does this come from in season one? Um, and then in season two, it's sort of explained, oh, this is like actually quite dark. Um, and, you know, then you sort of realize, yeah, but they are like these sort of people, so they wouldn't even care. So, yeah, it's, um, yeah, I'm constantly finding myself, you know, pleasantly surprised that different different story beats and, and plot points are being written in when I'm used to that sort of thing just being sort of glossed over by shows like this, I guess. Um, I am trying to remember a plot mint, like a little plot, like they celebrate his birthday mm -hmm. and they have to do it low key because of his, like his last name and they don't want people to know stuff. Yep. But why does his aunt immediately want to adopt him? Yeah, like she... I can't remember what the impetus that was because it was been it's been a month since I watched season one. But yeah, she it was that she initially this was wasn't this Eris's mum or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she initially hated him, but then she like falls in love with him because he's like so polite or something like that. Oh, it must have been like because he helped her dance and be decent. <laughs> That might have been it, yeah. Yeah. But um, what you were saying about stuff happening and it, it being, like, connected because, like, we were under the assumption, like, that uh, Rydius's mom, Zenith, and his dad, Paul, are, like, the heroes of their story and that they're, that they're, they're done adventuring, but, like, clearly Paul is doing something on the side besides the maid and, <laughs> like, they they're like members of their community like people know them which is cool and like he even after a big plot point so i don't spoil everything in the show like his dad like actively is like i have to do something about this he's like secondary characters have their own stories which is great in this show yes so i don't know i don't know the payoff i don't want to know yet but like the like them having to experience similar circumstances that our main character is experiencing because of a certain bad thing like again that is super cool and super engaging because we have like we get kind of drips even with roxy figuring stuff out too and, and going on her her way like rudius is trying to do one thing while all these other people are trying to do kind of something related to rudius's objective but the best part is we're not getting spoon-fed those answers. You're not getting a recap every episode like, okay, well, this now Paul is three steps closer to completing his task and, and Roxy is just behind. No, it's just like, here's a quick snippet of what they might be doing and what the struggles they're going through. And then it goes right back to Rudius, Eris, and Rudigard. Like, it's awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it's the idea that the world is, alive and moves without the main characters being in the scene um that's that's what brings a world to life right that yeah you can believe that it, it, it exists and functions um outside of what you're just seeing through the lens of the main character yeah stuff like that is what makes a, a fantasy series really really good and this this show has plenty of that um and you know we just got introduced to a, a roxy sort of party um in the first episode of season two um, that's cool and they'll be like i'm sure they'll be going off on their own sort of thing even though we're sort of getting scenes with them and then scenes with paul's party i think 
they'll be sort of like Paul's party will continue to be the main focus, and then no, sorry, not Paul. I don't want to keep saying Paul. Rudy's party will be the main focus, and maybe we'll get like a little bit of cuts to Roxy's party, like how we've been getting in season one. Um, but yeah, I, that that's cool. Like seeing people off doing their own thing and knowing that they have their own stories going, and then just seeing little snippets of it and sort of piecing together what they were doing and how the current events in the world are affecting them. It, that sort of stuff is great. Well, even um, when when we have the second part of the first season where Rudy ends up somewhere else and, like, with Rudigard, even his story is engaging, being, like, the new party member, being this, like, quote-unquote demon, and how they, they work together with him to, to figure stuff out. And I don't want to know... Uh, there's a certain prejudice about his character mm-hmm. everyone kind of has mm-hmm. and to see them work through that and figure stuff out and then like even later on when this this prejudice comes back up to other characters like rudy matter-of-factly just goes up to these people and like asks them like flat out why are you like this and then mm. and seeing that again this is now a tertiary character that has been involved with his party like kind of slumps down in in the muck and just like gets mad like why am i like this and again that's more character growth that isn't needed but again it's really refreshing to see like it like we said earlier you said element like it's a living breathing world and you're getting treated to so many more facets of this show than you're really thinking or you're going to get to begin with yeah did you have a uh, a favorite episode in particular of the ones you've watched? Um, I I did really like um wh- when uh, Roxy decides to move on, like they graduate, um, and they cast that spell that kills the horse. <laughs> oh yeah, that's great. <laughs> and then they like they just turn around and heal the horse, and you're like, the horse is like, oh man, that was weird. <laughs> But um, I, I really enjoyed the like the build up to him becoming a, a, a more powerful mage and like his his whole training montage, although it takes place over like, we'll say seven years, whatever it is. Again, it's he's not OP to begin with. He's not given max MP like he literally plays with magic in his house, passes out, spills water on himself and his mom thinks he peed his pants. And he's like. I can't believe I did that. I'm so embarrassed. And he's all mad about it. And his mom, again, doesn't believe he can use magic at that point. (laughs) Just like, all right, let's go to bed. Come on. You made a mess of yourself. (laughs) And to see him eventually figure out, okay, like in order for magic to do this, I need to do this in order for it to be more powerful. I need to say this and just that ramp up to where he eventually can call a typhoon. (laughs) like it's it it's overall really good uh but what were your, what was yours so far um hmm half i think uh when he isn't it all in the same episode that he does the he goes out to like do his final exam sort of thing. Um, and then the, 
the big translocation magic happens. Is that all in one episode? No. Um, the translocation is like after his birthday at the castle. Because that's because he has Eris. Like he he's friends with Eris by that point, right? No, no, that that's yeah. They go out like after his birthday, he gets the staff, and they go out to practice with the staff. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, that's about. right. That's what you mean. Yeah, yeah. He goes it, yeah, to see it, it, how what, more powerful it is. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So it was an exam. He was just going to practice with the staff, and then the the like big teleportation thing happens. I think that episode was awesome because that's like essentially up until that point is like the prologue, right? That's like yeah. him. Like setting up the world, setting up the characters, leveling, building, up. <laughs> building relationships, yeah, leveling up, getting all these skills, and then that episode is like, snap the fingers, now the story begins, and he's like sent off into a, into the wilderness with uh with, Eris, and they have to fend for themselves, and he gets a visit from that's the first time we see the god character, isn't it? Or and remember. and, I only listened to the god character in the dub until mm. yesterday when I heard the sub. And they are completely different. But the dub, if you ever think of like a pretty boy vampire character from any dub you've ever seen, that's oh. the voice they gave God. Interesting. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, the Japanese voice is like very particular. And they, the way he's animated and behaves, like he has a certain mannerism about him that I think you have to give us, like there's a certain sort of, uh, I guess, acting you have to do for that sort of, to match the, the mannerisms they gave him. So that's interesting to yeah. hear. I, maybe I might look that up to see what it sounds like. <laughs> um, um, and this is one of the few like shows. Like a lot of the time, I'll try and reach out to to friends to like share a subscription or like, hey, do you have this DVD? Um, but this was one of the very few times where I was like, I'm reactivating my Funimation subscription for this. <laughs> like, full tilt. We are not sponsored in any way. Sorry to get your hopes up, but. <laughs> I've I've been enjoying it and I'm going to continue enjoying it. And the other plot point I just remembered I wanted to talk about was like the floating castle. Which Oh yeah. When they, like, like he gets introduced briefly. to it, he's like, Well that's ominous and his <laughs> his like great grandfather's like, Yeah, we all know it's there. It just floats around and shit. Mm -hmm. It's four hundred years old and he's like, and no one's gone up to do anything about it and he's like, Meh Yeah. And they, it, uh... and it, they haven't gone back and talked about that, huh? Well, no. Like, we got into like, at the end of season... Our... That's right before the event, isn't it? Yes. Uh, they they fight. One of the angels or something comes down. Yep, and... yep, 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 yep. Yeah. So they... Again, this random castle that shows up in one episode gets its own plot. Like, this... If they... If they wanted to burn the show into the ground and do like a thousand episodes, I'd be fine because it has a lot to work with. I also don't want to see that happen because like... That would be such I'm, a shame. I'm looking at you, Naruto Shippuden. Um, <laughs> or Bleach. Or any of the big three. Uh, but it's it's done so well. And I was looking up uh, just because like, again, the animation, certain things are familiar. And I'm looking right now and one of the groups that is involved in studio bind is egg firm and egg firm does is it wrong to try and pick up girls in a dungeon oh yeah they do where is it here knights and magic all right prison school uh they did actually sword art online they do gun gale online and then they do the the new series uh 
Acetalization. Uh, and the other company they're working with is White Fox. And White Fox has like a huge library of like Steins Gate, Jormungand, Devil is a Part-Timer, Akame Got Kill, uh, Grimoire of Zero. So things like that. But the quality, and I, we, or Element said this earlier on, the quality doesn't stop. Like um, when I'm watching it, it's got that almost early 2000s late 90s like film grain that they've used over it everything feels yeah, a little that's... a little bit more like uh etched or like like pencil crayons were used and that's refreshing because as much as i want to see like crisp clear lines and the reflection in a character's eyes yeah that's great and all but going that hard and high quality into animation is a different route than what they took like it it feels like you said when they created this team, it's people who care about the source material, people who are having fun doing this, and the staff like pour their heart and soul into this because from the moment like the first episode, like again, I was hooked in ten minutes and up till episode twelve when we have these giant fights with like a giant demon snake, things being ripped apart, spells being used, and everything is in such a good synergy to use a terrible term um like you feel the impact of the spells like when a spell hits something and it not only does that really cool visual thing where you see like the burst of air or you see like the kickback of the user casting the spell the sound design coming in and having those like just minute sounds of like a thunk or a thud or uh like the gross nastiness of something ripping open it works so well in tandem with the animation that, like, for, for those brief few seconds, you, f you forget that you're just watching, like, an episode. <laughs> Not a movie, just an episode. And, like, I, I can't shout these guys out enough, and girls, that are making this show, because without Element, I would have never heard of this, and I, it probably wasn't even on my radar. But I am so invested. Yeah, it's... It's one of those things where, like, I'm thinking, I'm, like, sort of thinking through all the stuff I've watched, and I can't think of anything in this show that lets it down. Like, you know, it's not it's not impossible for a show to be good on all fronts, right? But mm -hmm. it's also pretty normal for, like, a lot of a show to be good, and then there'll be one little thing that, like, sort of lets it down. And I could have totally seen, like, the, you know, the sexual assaulty stuff being that thing for, for people. Um, and I think that's fair, you know, if that's what puts you off the show. But I think they've done enough to set up and build trust with me that they know how to handle this and they're not playing it off for a laugh. That yep. this is a, a like a fatal character flaw of Rudius, our main character, and that part of his journey is going to be like growing up and learning, you know, and in some cases stuff he's already learned, right, that he's already developed, but that, you know, this is not how you behave around people. Um and this is like a second chance to do things right. So, um, yeah, I'm just so thoroughly impressed by this show. Well, we'll, we'll do a little bit of a wrap up and final thoughts, but mm -hmm. I'm not going to go as I usually do, because if you've been listening for a long time, I'm usually at zero or I'm at a thousand. Um, I'm going to place on a score of one to ten, like I'm going to place as a, as a very solid like 8.5. Because mm -hmm. there obviously there's room for improvement and there are things that I like I would like to see more of. And the story 
going such a different tangent in the in the translocation spell. I was not expecting that at all. I quite enjoyed it because it puts you out of a comfort zone. And anytime you watch an isekai, like, I have a good friend that I'm hoping to get on the podcast one time, and all he does is hate isekais. And my goal is to make him watch ReZero, and then we can do an episode on that. Because I want someone's thoughts that don't align with ours. And this is a show that I'm having fun with. I want to see more. And, uh, yeah. This is one of my favorite shows I've ever watched. Um, I've seen a lot of shows that are close to this and possibly even on par with this, but I think I think the X factor for the show is the fact that there's a studio built just to make it, and that like for me, visuals play a big part in how much I enjoy a show. Um, you know, stuff like Made in Abyss and all that sort of thing, oh, were shows that I love so dearly because so much of the art was beautiful. Um, and it was so gorgeous to look at. Um, and this show is exactly that, right? Like, and not just visually beautiful, but, um, you know, the animation, the fight choreo in this show is amazing. You know, the magic looks amazing. Sound effects are great. Voice acting is great. Writing is great. Um, yeah, this is like, I don't know if I could, I don't really maintain like a ranking of like my favorite shows of all time, but this is definitely up there. And, you know, barring some sort of tragic, uh terrible drop in quality you know if they <laughs> decide they run out of money or something like that um i think this will this will go in this will go out as one of like the best anime i've ever watched i think that's awesome um we usually talk about what's coming next and what we plan to do so i was just taking a look through the list mm-hmm. and i might appease the gods that be frank and magic and entice them to come on an episode by mm-hmm. saying we should try either Odd Taxi or Wonder Egg, whatever's less episodes. I would can... say Odd Taxi. Uh, I f- I really feel like I should have watched that show, so I would probably lean towards All right. that. All right, so let's do let's we're gonna set Odd Taxi as our next one, mm-hmm. uh, and then we'll 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 hopefully have a big show lined up for everyone there. Um, as usual, I want to thank everyone for joining us today. We appreciate any and all feedback you have. Uh, reach out to us on Twitter, like I've been saying for the past year. Bakakopodcast at gmail.com is our email. Uh, we have a Discord now, so feel free to chat us up then. Uh, and we look forward to seeing you again. Thanks for watching. Bye. Bye. <laughs>